0: I want to talk about uh, a, a giant that uh, I think it's a great story. It really blesses me. But I want to talk about what our weapons uh, are. And this message is called Choose Your Weapons. Is that, where did I get that? Is that a phrase they used to say in the duel when, when uh, you know, you're going to duel? Someone choose your weapons. It might be a sword. Uh, help me, Mark. It might be a sword. It might be a, a gun, a pistol. And uh, choose your weapons. And so this message is called Choose Your Weapons. Or I've got another uh, title and it's called Game On. Say game on. Who's looking forward to the game today? Yeah, all right. I know you want me done and dusted pretty shortly so you can get to your friends and that. And I'm talking about spiritual warfare. I'm talking about that. But I'm talking about not carnal weapons. In the end, please help me. I'm not talking about carnal weapons. I'm not talking about... Um, you know, running at each other and colliding. I remember working in Mount Penang and the two kingpins in Penang, One was a he-man criminal. He'd, he'd, he, you know, anyway, he he wasn't in there for overdue library books. Trust me. <laughs> he, he he actually he actually did he actually did take someone out. And the other guy, he he, he actually had been involved in taking someone out by accident, but. And these guys were now uh, heading up two teams that that were going to play on this Sunday afternoon. And, uh, and, and, of course, Mount Penang. Does anyone know Juvenile Justice, 150 uh, criminals, uh, youth? Uh, and uh, so we, we love to get them out and playing sport, and, and it's fantastic. So, But they got these two teams together, and these two kingpins pick their own teams. But I remember standing off as a spectator, and, uh, and I remember when the game started, and these two captains, when the game started, they ran at each other, and literally, the clash of those two, when they hit, literally, it was, I'm not sure if it was a, a crunch. Uh, it, it was. It was a crunch, a boom. It literally, everyone went, oh. It was like, oh. It, they literally hit each other as hard as they could. And uh, But they didn't go away. They just kept at it, man. And that's how the game went for all <laughs> for the whole game. They just kept on. Killing each other, <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget that sound that v- reverberated around the whole what seemed like Colosseum, <laughs> you know, and uh, it was awesome. Two Corinthians ten four, two Corinthians ten four. Pride is a wonderful thing; it doesn't back off. <laughs> the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. We demolish arguments, and every pretend that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So again, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Ephesians 6.12 says it again, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly realms. You need to remember those two scriptures. Man, in the early days when I used to go to church, those scriptures were mentioned in every sermon in, in the Pentecostal church. Who's with me on that? Do you remember that? Every sermon had those. Had those? Uh, and we don't use it much anymore. But the battle is still on, guys. The battle is still on. There is spiritual warfare in the heavenlies against you and I, the church. And uh, there is a cosmic battle. Please don't ignore it. And I want to I help you this morning to, uh, to tool up. And, and, and to train yourself up and to get courage and take on uh, some of these battles and see God's victory in them. Ephesians, no, we won't go there. Let me cut to the chase, and uh, it's fantastic. So when we think about battles, there's no, none ba- uh, better battle than the one I just mentioned, David, King David, the giant slayer. So let's reminisce about that. Let's call this Facing Giants. Everyone's got a spiritual giant to face one day or another. Anyone faced any spiritual giants? Maybe it was your health. Maybe it was your health. Maybe it was your health. Maybe, maybe it was finances. Finances. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. The young people are going yeah, uh, and the old people are going yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it was a relationship. Maybe you were going to lose uh, contact with a loved one, a friend, and and, and some. Something was going down that was stopping you resolving that a, a giant. The stage, the stage was set. Let's 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 check this out. 1 Samuel 17:4, and you can glance at these scriptures as I go through them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Garth, Don't, he wasn't from uh, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine foot tall. This is awesome. Garth. I'm uh, just going to paint some of the picture here. Garth uh, or oh, Goliath, not Garth. Garth, <laughs> Garth, get out of it. Goliath wore a massive this guy's nine foot tall man nine foot tall Goliath wore anyone seen anyone nine foot tall who's the tallest man in the world now Uh, Garth that's right (laughs) Goliath love you, James. You're a classic. Goliath wore a massive helmet, a huge suit of bronze and armor, great bronze shin, uh, bronze shin guards. He had bronze javelins slung on his back. He carried a spear with an iron point that weighed nine pounds, <laughs> nine pounds. Before him strutted another soldier carrying Goliath's, uh, uh, carrying Goliath's shield. Another guy was behind him. Uh, the troops in those days were uh, usually farm boys, shepherds conscripted into the ranks behind a few military professionals. Uh, G- uh, Goliath was a military professional. Frequently in battle, each side would send a professional down to fight. Thus, a war uh, could be between the, the, the two of the best. They would send the two of the best down, maybe. David arrived on the scene. David, we've been talking about David, so I thought this was the, the, I could get away with this cutting, cutting to the chase. I hope you know the story of David. It's a brilliant story, and, and it speaks volumes to us. David arrived on the scene just as the troops filled out Uh, filed out from the camp early in the morning, of course. And the army was, it says in verse 20. So did you pick up the scripture? You can be reading that. 1 Samuel 17, verse 20. The army was going out to its battle positions, battle positions, battle positions. Shouting the war cry. For six weeks they did this, they strutted uh, up and down, shouting threats across the valley. So we got this valley, we got the Israelites here, and we got the Philistines there. And down the bottom is just Goliath just taunting these guys, nine foot. He says, Come on, guys. any of you, the whole lot of you, I don't care. Come, come down, you know. It's, uh, and uh, remember, the Philistines controlled all the iron, so the Israelites didn't have any iron. They, the only iron swords that the Israelites had was the one that Saul had and Jonathan had, his son. Did you, did you get that? Yeah. Uh, but but the the the, the, the Philistines, uh, the, the Philistines had had these chariots. The Israelites didn't have any chariots. The Philistines had chariots, but then they had these swords coming out of the wheels. Who's seen that? um, Help me with the movie. Gladiators. Was that in that too? Yeah, but I'm thinking of the old one. Ben Hur, thank you. Thank you, Tim ben her with these swords coming out, you know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, I think we used to put them on our billy carts when we were young, <laughs> take out the other billy carts, but the, 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 the Philistines uh, had iron, and iron against bronze, useless, and, and really, the Israelites didn't have really a lot of weapons, they had some uh, farm instruments, uh, uh, you know, some clumsy items that they would bring into war, and that's why they needed God and uh, they drove the chariot wheels armed with whirling swords which could slice the enemy to pieces. The Israelites, on the other hand, swung only few iron swords and no chariots, but they held the high ground. Ah, the Israelites held the high ground. The Philistines couldn't climb the mountains, so the Philistines strutted in the valley, and the Israelites strutted on the hills in the deadlock display of bravado. So, you know, we got the Philistines down here going like this, and the Israelites go, no, 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 you can't touch us. You can't come up here with your chariots, you know. You, you can't come up here. Dave, and, of course, David turns up, and his intense reaction, Say intense reaction. His intense reaction was this. David was both astonished and appalled. Where is your reverence? Where is your faith? Where is your outrage? He's saying to his like this, this kid's a, a, a shepherd boy and he's rocking up to the army of the Lord and he's saying, guys, you're letting this guy get away with this man. He's cussing us out. He's cussing our God out. He's mocking us. Who likes to be mocked? Who likes hearing God mocked? You know, I mean, Julie's really antsy. You know, we try and watch some comedians sometimes. Once they go and knock God or mock God, it's God. What happened? I was enjoying it. Uh, you know, so these guys were, were, were actually mocking God. And David's intense reaction, intense reaction was the point of the story. King Saul offered huge incentives for someone to fight Goliath, wealth, reduced taxes, and his daughter in marriage. Guys, uh, verse 25, still... Saul got no answers. He was trying to hire someone to tackle Goliath. And really, Saul was really the guy at the end of the day to take this guy on. He was nearly as big. He was as trained. But Saul was going, who wants it? Who wants it? I'm not going down. Who Who wants it? Who wants it? Saul was a real figure of a leader. He was great. He's the guy that you don't want in front. For David, the confrontation symbolized the cosmic struggle. I love this. Between good and evil. Between God and idols. Uh, And he could not tolerate the ridicule of the almighty God. He says, I'll fight Goliath. He says, I'll fight Goliath. You imagine that? Who would do that? Would any young guys be like that? Would you do that? I bet there's some girls here that would do that. They all would. Finally, David shouted, I'll take him on. I'll take him on. And David, of course, had held a high regard for holiness for God. He, in solitude, he developed this real intense relationship with God. This guy knew God absolutely, absolutely, intimately, personally. He knew God, and he was taking this personally, what was happening to God's people. And so uh, Saul chided David. He says, you're only a boy. You want to take him on? This is Saul now. You, you want to take him on? Okay, you know. So David responded, one Samuel seventeen thirty seven. The Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Do you know what I'm saying? So from experience God's helped him with the bear and the lion. And we spoke last week about how big a bear is and how foreboding a bear is. I don't know about you, but when I saw a bear in the zoo, I literally, I don't care if there's a fence there, a laser force field, uh, you know, and a rock wall. Man, I'm backing off, you know, because bears uh, uh, just got this presence about them. You know, and it was one of the most feared animals in the Wild West. Apparently, in America, one of the most feared animals was the bear. And so, the bear, yeah, and the lion, put him up, put him up, and the lion. And the lion, man, I'm not going to take a lion on a bear on. No way. And Saul answered glibly, go, go glibly. I love that. I love that word glibly. He goes, Saul goes glibly. The king, he says to David, yeah, go. uh, May the Lord be with you. (laughs) Yeah, right. Saul, (laughs) Saul then offered David his equipment, knowing David could not wield the oversized armor. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, saw this stuff was huge. And the little boy, I mean, it wasn't little. I mean, it probably was. I mean, how old was he? That's 17. So he wasn't filled out yet. I mean, but David stumbled around, scarcely able to drag the oversized arm around. Finally, he said, let me use my own equipment in verse 39. Let me use my own equipment. Let me use my own anointing. Let me use my own, you know, prayer stuff, my own... And that's what I'm talking about. Everyone has weapons, whether it be praise, uh, encouragement, uh, whether it be uh, Thanksgiving, whether it be worship. Oh man, you know what Julie's uh, weapon is? Worship. Jehoshaphat, you know, the Jehoshaphat stuck, you know, and he can't, and he inquires of God. And, And God says to Jehoshaphat, just worship. Just worship and they just start to worship God and praise God and bang breakthrough. The enemy just attacks each other and dispels in seven different directions. I love that. And I think I think that actually happened this morning, man. If there was any enemy hanging around this camp, your camp, man, it's gone in Jesus' name. Can I hear an Amen to that? You know what I mean? So you know that that, Julie did that quite quite uh Intentionally, intentionally, yes, that's right. She's, yeah, Jelly's away now. We're, we're really. <laughs> yeah, Jelly's great and, and is doing a phenomenal job, but Julie has a particular anointing to get breakthrough, and uh, that's why she was so good in deliverance, which uh, she doesn't do anymore, by the way, so don't ask her. Uh, amen. <laughs> yeah, so. <we're, laughs> Uh, So the drama unfolds. David walked to the brook. He bent down. You know the story. He selected five stones. Why five stones? Uh, Apparently he had four other brothers. So he's got one stone. He's got five stones. One stone for Goliath. Four stones uh, for his brothers. Uh, I love that. When David stood up, one stone slid into the sling. The leather leather pocket slowly swung into orbit till it was invisible and could be traced only by the whiz and then the wang. And Goliath never knew what hit him. I love that. The whiz. And then the wang, and psh, he's down, man. He's got this huge, remember what I said, he's got this huge helmet. There's, there's iron or bronze helmet. Did, did I say bronze? Who's listening? Iron. Okay, I'm going to go back. Goliath wore a massive helmet, a huge suit of bronze armor, and a great bronze shin guards. And he had bronze javelin, didn't really say, so that was a trick question. Sorry, guys. <laughs> David had not approached this challenge in ignorance... And here we go. This is some of the guts of it. He grew up hearing of the Philistine steel and the strength of them. David knew the terrifying facts. He knew the facts. He wasn't ignorant. He just wasn't, a, uh, uh, you know, he just wasn't presumptuous. The thing is, David was not just using positive mental attitude. David went to face Goliath with genuine courage based on three realities. And this is the guts of my message, three realities. So we're getting away from some of the figment of our imagination of, of David just, you know, just being a, you know, so heavenly-minded that he just got this huge faith, and, and then he just just launched into it. Just picked up any old rocks and, and found a sling. And we no, we got to get this this right because this is going to help us with making a point uh, of this message. So, the three realities were number one, training. Number one, training. The first reality undergirding David's courage was his training ranks of israel soldiers were were conditioned to fear philistines intimidation and of course they feared goliath but not david so all these uh, israelites had this real mindset to fear it's like when someone says cancer (gasps) it's like oh my god you know like a lot of us would just give up right there you mean because you have to have quite dynamic faith and you have to be quite strong in god And you have to be prepared to accept that news and and hang on, hang on. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But, but, with God, all things are possible. You know what I mean? So he was trained in courage. Write that in your notes. David, the first requisite for the first reality of the courage that he had to take on Goliath was this, that he had training, he was trained in courage. He had no military training, prior military training, but this was not the first time his hand had swung a sling. And this was a revelation to me because I've got this great book and it's explaining the whole culture, the whole deal about this stuff, you know, and and even myself is learning a bunch of this stuff. He had no prior military training, but this was not the first time his hand had swung a sling. Nor was it the first time David faced a terrifying opponent, remember? We are, you remember he faced the lion and the bear guys, remember that? This just wasn't some fluke gift. This guy just didn't have some freakish gift that he was able to stand up into. Some people think that, oh, he's just gifted. No, man... The guy's probably trained. He's, he's, he, you know, in the, in, in, in the, you know, in the what the quietness of his own time. He's studied himself, approved, you know. And we think, oh boy, doesn't Garth do well? Doesn't Garth minister so well? But this guy's had a lot of training, man. Uh, through the school teaching university and growing up and we've trained him and he stands up here and delivers and didn't Georgia do a great job this morning standing up but just in that anointing and that authority and just being able to deliver you know and so it, it is about giftedness but it is about training training and so we're talking about training and of course we're talking about David how he uh, had been trained up in the in the in the back paddocks of life. David paid his dues. Besides, Goliath was not nearly so dangerous as a lion or a bear. And, uh, and of course, if any of us had a choice, I guess we who would what would you choose if you had a choice of lion, bear, or Goliath, nine foot? Who would you take on? Bear, bear, no no weapons, just. Garth, you said Garth. You take Garth on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you said, Garth. <laughs> oh, you send, Garth. All right. Oh, gee, yeah. Thanks, Jules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David had already met the lion and the bear, and he had killed them because he knew how. And he said, God was with me. Prerequisite number two. I'm moving quite quickly through. Here It's great. Tools. You write that down. Pre- the requisite number two. Two, two, two. What is your requisite is number two. The second reality of this guy's awesome reality of his world was tools. In addition to having been trained, David knew his tools, he trusted his equipment, part of which was his natural ability. This guy got natural ability, mate. One Samuel sixteen twelve. One Samuel sixteen twelve says So he sent and had him brought in. He was ready. This is David. Samuel said, You got another one? Check your seven sons out. They're not the one. But you got another one? Oh, yeah, got one out in the back paddocks looking after the sheep. Yeah, bring him in. Bring him in. Let's have a look at him. So this is uh, talking about that. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with fine appearance. Actually, another version says he had beautiful eyes. Girls, he had beautiful eyes. He had beautiful eyes. Stop it. He had fine appearance and handsome features. Say handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise. Doesn't sound as well with the guys. Ladies, say, say handsome features. Handsome. Yeah. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel's anointing this young David. 1 Samuel 16 verse 18. One of the servants answered, and here's some natural ability here. I have seen the son of Jesse of Bethlehem. Who knows how to play the harp? Who knows how to play the harp? He just wasn't having a go. He just wasn't banging away on this harp because he was a minstrel. He was a he, he was a psalmist. He could write psalms. He could pick a guitar up like Daniel and just just start to you know praise God and worship God and declare to God and write songs. And th- this guy was was an awesome talent, but but it was from training. He had a lot of training. Who knows how to play the harp? He is a brave man. And a warrior, he's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. And the Lord is with him. It was great to see the Lord with the guys this morning. The Lord was with TJ. The Lord was with James. The Lord was with Jeremy. The Lord was with Lisa. I'm really seeing the Lord with Lisa lately. Absolutely. The Lord was with you this morning, Lisa. I don't know what you got going on in your world, but there's more of God around your life and on your life. And uh, it's phenomenal. It's great to see uh, Katie and Michelle up here. You know what I mean? They're gifted. They're trained. They're trained. They're not up here haphazardly having a go. These are highly trained singers. We, we can't just have anyone up here just, you know. we got highly trained. We've always been blessed. Thank you, God, that we've had highly trained people being able to... Except Garth. We had to train Garth to be a drower. <laughs> we actually... We actually got desperate. We didn't have a drummer. And we went, we need a drummer, man. Who looks like... I said, gut. He, he really to look looks like really. a drummer. Does he play drums? Never played them in his life. He said, I'm, trust me, I see him playing drums. <laughs> he is, that's he's that's our, that's our that's next drummer. Said, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's, he is now one of our better drummers. He plays with Joe Cocker and... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. all the latest bands JT and the Charismatic Charismatic Cowboys that's right (laughs) David's an awesome guy so is Garth David's a mighty man just three of these guys that David's mighty uh, David had mighty men uh, 600 of them but uh, there was three in particular there's a story that they they scared off 300 other uh, enemy they scared off 300 other enemy but those three feared David so David wasn't no he wasn't we, we get this wrong impression that dave was just a minstrel you know just quiet like D- daniel and uh but you get daniel you know when his tie goes flat or he gets a hole in his petrol tank and you, you see another side of daniel you know but but no but but david david did he wasn't a wimp david wasn't a wimp he had courage he was awesome and so am i, am I talking about tools David also trusted his weapon. He carried a sling. We've got to trust our weapon. We've got to trust our prayer. We've got to trust our worship. We've got to trust our Bible reading. We've got to trust our waiting on the, on the Lord. We've got to trust this stuff. It was so good to be down at the beach during this week and getting up early at 6.30 and going down to the beach by myself and just going into that water and just oh, feeling the refreshment and looking out over the horizon and just feeling this intense communion with God, just feeling like, and just staying there. just, just. Although I did it on a kayak, on, on Andrew's father's kayak, and I turned the, great kayak, oh, uh, real professional kayak, and, and I turned it around and I faced just the ocean because I want to pray now, and I just put my oar down and I'm just sitting there off the beach and uh, And I prayed, man, I'm just having such a wonderful time, and I'm feeling God, I feel his presence, and I'm praying, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I should do this more and then I, I it must have been about ten minutes, and then I look back and oh, my God, that the current had picked me up and was taking me out to gilligan's island i mean it it freaked me out <laughs> you know, and sort of, you know and so yeah, I mean. But that's a beautiful thing. I think my one of my tools of the trade is definitely just that solitude, waiting on God, and actually feeling that I'm communing with God, in contact with God. Who's a bit like who's a bit like that? Who's like that? Who's who's weapons of prayer? Who's weapons of prayer? Yeah. Who's weapons of worship? Whose weapons of worship? You just yeah. Who's weapons of um, thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is a powerful thing. Powerful thing. Yeah, thanksgiving. Praise. Who's got a weapon of praise? Who's got a weapon of encouragement? Andrew Flaxman has an, in, an amazing weapon of encouragement. He built the whole youth group on encouragement. It's awesome. David was confident because he knew his tools he did not know Saul's tools other weapons always drain our courage some Christians will develop a weapon for spiritual warfare such as a devotional technique which is extremely meaningful in their own life then they try to sell it to others only it doesn't work for others I know there's whole books out on this is how I got in contact with God this is how I found my groove with God and you're trying to apply it to your life and you go, yeah I can see it, it's all relevant but it doesn't work for me you've got to find your own tools of the trade to live a strong life in God. I'm nearly done. Third one. Don't use other men's tools. Don't follow me. Don't copy Garth. Don't copy. Find your own groove. Worship the way you worship. Pray the way you pray. Do what you got to do to get your breakthrough. That's yours. Keep it. Do it in Jesus' name. Three. Trust. Training. And tools were not the sum of David's courage. However, many were trained Israeli soldiers. Ah, many other trained Israeli soldiers carried slings to the valley of Elah, but none had used them because they all lacked trust in God. There was other slings there, other young guys there who could... Man, training tools, trust, these are the three undergirded courage. Yeah, these undergirded his courage. But trust was the major factor which set his courage apart from that of others his heart was fixed on God the Lord the Lord claimed David and it says in Samuel 1737 the Lord, claimed David, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And of course, we know David regularly communed with God, with God. He knew he's God, unlike some of the other Israeli brothers and other soldiers that were there. They didn't know God as wonderfully, powerfully as David. So th- this guy was... Uh, quite unique unlike some of his Israeli brothers who may have feared Dagon of Philistine more than they trusted Yahweh so big fear factor here of, of the other gods uh, thank you uh, Lisa God bless you uh, they feared the other gods that were part of their world instead of fearing God and trusting God they feared the Philistine God and that wasn't good the God of Dagon David knew Yahweh the God of power and it does say Psalm 25 verse 1 I'm nearly done guys isn't it good news to you O Lord I lift up my soul that's what we've been doing all week to you Lord I lift up my soul In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. You know, pessimism, negativity is such a real deal. And it was flourishing amongst the Israeli camp. But when one young man, David, rose up with this contagious courage, isn't it great where one person rises up and says, No, it can be done. We're going down 4-0 in soccer. But you know what? We're going to go back out there and we're going to do it again. And you know, it ends up being four, one or something. No, I mean you Now no, there's something about a leader, there's something about courageous, contagious leadership that rises up a man in the family and says, "You know what? doesn't look good, but you know, we're going to get over this. We're going to do it. love that stuff. Pessimism is a real sin. Even believers doubting people can change. They doubt that relationships can be restored. I I know, anyway, I know some people who don't believe people can change. And I'm nearly done. The relationships can be restored. Habits can be broken. Marriages can be saved. Let's all stand. God bless you. Adolescents can be turned around. Good news. Adolescents can be turned around. And the people said, amen. Things can change with God. If you're a vibrant Christian, You believe in the power of God to change people in this world? Put your hand up right now. Put your hand up right now. If you believe in the power of God, put your hand up right now. Change is the the name of the game. We know that David's trust lay in Yahweh, not in Dagon of the Philistines who breaks when it falls because he's made of stone. David trusted, like it says in Acts 17, verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. Every time we draw breath, you know, God is saying, it's because of me. Every every step we take, it's because of God. You know, without God, we're going nowhere fast. God so wants to speak to us. You know, the thing about David, I, I noticed... He didn't talk about our living God. He talked about the living God. He didn't, he didn't say our living God out there, but he said the living God. And, and, and this is the most profound thing about David. Armed with trust, David went out hurling a little stone found in the brook in the valley of Elah. And he changed the world. And of course, when you face overwhelming challenges and you need contagious... Courage. Remember, your confidence can be based on a well-developed balance of training, tools, and trusting God. David paid his dues. It shows the value of three vital elements, training, tools, and trust. 1 Samuel 17.47 says, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. The enemy's going down. God's going to be victorious Luke 1:37 Luke the gospel of Luke 1:37 wrapping it up for nothing is impossible with God the life of faith is not for the faint and weary or weary it's a battle 2 Timothy 3:12 says in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted there is war listen guys there is war for those who want to live a godly life who want to build the church who want to give finances to God there's a war if you want to save your friends, if you want to witness to... if There's a war if you want to come to the prayer group. There's a war if you want to worship. There's a war if you want to do a good deed out in the streets. There's a war if you want to support... A radio station in in in, in africa there 's a war there 's a war if you want to raise money for a debilitating disease, there is a war if you want to see your friend change, saved healed, born again, there is a war, but with God, all things are possible with God, all things are possible, and these giants are got to come down guys so with training with the tools at hand that god 's given us, and with courage. We can do it in Jesus' name. So let's lift our hands right now. Father in heaven, we believe in you. We trust in you. We want to be like David who believed in your greatness. That the whole world is held together by you. Our very breath is because of you. Jesus, forgive us of our pessimism, of our negativity, of saying it can't change. It can't move. It can't it can't be eradicated Jesus forgive me of my sin of unbelief Lord this morning I pray for faith to believe my children can turn around that this situation can be healed Jesus let me be like David who knew you intimately let me be like David who knew you in the deepest parts of my soul let me be like David who worships you when no one's looking in the solitude of the wilderness, looking after the sheep, David, worship God, wrote Psalms, played his heart. Loved God, knew God, served God, worship God, feared God. David, we take our hat off to you. King Jesus sits on the throne of David. David becomes one of the most important figures in the Old Testament because David had a heart after god lord let this church see three Tugra, have a heart after you let's worship lord i'm praying that you open doors this morning open doors this morning lord god deliver us through breakthrough lord situations finances relationships marriages you can overcome the impossible. My God, you can overcome the impossible.